Welcome to our podcast. My name is Winston Smith. I'm a faculty member and counselor at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. I'm joined here today by my co-host, Miriam Herzog, and our very special guest, uh, Dr. John Applegate, who is a practicing psychiatrist in Philadelphia and also a biblical counselor. So welcome, everybody. It's good to be here. And uh, should I call you Dr. Applegate? John. John. If I were... If I were a psychiatrist, I think I would make everybody, including my wife, call me doctor. <laughs> <That's right>. So, <laughs> Didn't you write a book on marriage? Touche. <laughs> Maybe I should read my own book. Well, John, we're delighted to have you here with us today. And I thought uh, one of the things that would benefit all of us is if you sort of just told us a bit of your own story. I mean, mm. I think for many of our um, listeners... Biblical counseling and psychiatry um, are very different types of categories, um, but somehow you you live in both worlds, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So can you just tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Sure, sure. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I was born, um, (laughs) it does go back a little bit. Uh, I was raised in a Catholic family, um, went on to... uh, college that was fairly uh, liberal, um, in, in, at least uh, in the professors with a conservative sort of uh, student body. Um, and at the time, uh, I was um, you know, pretty much divested of my Catholic uh, leanings, uh, became somewhat of a um, you know, postmodernist, only thing I can believe in is ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Um, type of a type of person, um, and I had that mindset going into medical school. I've always been interested in psychology and understanding people and their stories, and I got interested in um, sort of the biological aspects of behavior in college as well. And so, I thought I would marry the two with psychiatry, and so I went into um, medical school uh, with that intention. Um, uh, but uh, at the time, I for various reasons, I began going to a Christian fellowship uh, in, in medical school um, and began going to uh, a church that one of them had attended. Um, just in my mind, I was being a consumer of information, just a different type of information, and mm-hmm. trying to you know, sort of see what made sense and what I could um, reject. And in that process, uh, God convicted me of my. Uh, waywardness, my, my, my sinful desire to lean upon human knowledge of people and understanding, of trying to, in a way, be God in trying to understand people from a level that only he could, and thinking that, you know, I could, I could help them, uh, that I could, I could help them craft their stories. Um, and he, he showed me this pride, this, this, um, this heart of wanting to be uh, sort of omniscient, um, and uh, called me to look at the story that he's given me um, of his son, and uh, that um, that my life had meaning uh, through uh, through knowing Christ. And it was in medical school that this happened. It was it was one of these kind of you know uh, light switch moments, and I was just bowled over. Um, I was supposed to be studying for exams at the time, and uh, instead of studying, I just started reading the Bible, and and I did that for 
you know, the whole time I should have been studying, I did the best I did on any exams in medical school at that time, uh, mm-hmm. through God's grace, not, not, a, not a, a recipe for, for any students out there. But, um, <laughs> but I did then realize that I had to now uh, subject um, my own human understanding of people and their problems to what uh, what does God say about that? Because I very quickly came to uh, believe that the Bible was an authoritative guide for my life. Uh, and it did uh, provide uh, the lens through which all of life should be filtered. Um, and so uh, I began to just get my hands on uh, whatever I could that would help me to pair these what seemed to be different ways of understanding people. Um, at the time, I remember, you know, just the most readily accessible things had to do with more integrationist kinds of approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always felt a little clunky to me, mm-hmm. uh, trying to sort of marry together uh, these secular uh, ways and baptizing them with a, a Christian uh, version of it. And it was when I moved down to Philadelphia, um, a Westminster student in my church knew I was going into psychiatry, had given me a book and had inscribed it to me, and, and it was called Blame It on the Brain. Mm. And um, I remember reading that, and I felt, aha, mm-hmm. this is the way to uh, try to you know, rent, you know, wrestle with you know, these observations, you know, maybe by common grace that God allows people to uh, understand uh, the human body and, and, and brain, but how do you subject that to the authority of Scripture? And, that was my introduction to CCF, and I became somewhat of a CCF addict for a little while, you know, just binging on whatever. An untreated CCF addict. <laughs> Still untreated. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to be diagnosed and treated. Um, but but I, 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 it's been sort of a, an intellectual mission of mine to always uh, be asking myself the question at the end of the day, however I'm understanding people, you know, where's... Where is Christ in this? Where is Jesus in their life? Where is this in their, in whatever problems they're they're, they're wrestling with? Um, and so, um, as a psychiatrist, I feel a lot of my years since coming to Christ have been lived in um, a very uncomfortable tension of you know, feeling like uh, a traitor in my field studying and uh, sometimes walking into uh, the church setting uh, feeling the um, you know the the you know, the, the, the looks of mm-hmm. how could you mm-hmm. <laughs> a man without a country <laughs> <laughs> exactly so that, that that's you know and I think internally maybe I it's more something I felt that I've had to try to resolve for myself mm-hmm. um, and so um, my practice of psychiatry has been one of um, probably a little allegiance to my party um, uh, of psychiatry. Uh, uh, however, in my study, I think I have grown to respect a lot of the, the wisdom that can be found there um, and, and how we can, under God's authority, you know, try to um, you know, help people uh, and, and help them you know, to utilize that same knowledge mm-hmm. in a way that um, will help them walk in faith. Mm-hmm. And how will they not live so compartmentalized and disjointed mm-hmm. from all the messages they hear about, um, you know, is this a disorder, a medical problem? Is, is a diagnosis mean this is out of the purview of 
uh, of you know mm-hmm. of what Scripture says and what uh, you know and what their church is, is telling them. How can they uh, feel more of a whole person resting with this brokenness? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of been my approach to psychiatry since, and um, I, I'm probably uh, not successful at uh, at that all the time, but. Um, uh, but but that's at least how I try mm-hmm. to put things together. Can you can you give us like an example of how a Christian benefits from that knowledge uh, of psychiatry? In my experience, uh, people come into my mind. They come into my office almost always with the same question. They tell me, "I'm here because I'm here to find out if this is a spiritual problem." or if this is a physical problem. Mm. And um, because you are the expert in the physical aspect of this, uh, I want you to weigh in. Mm-hmm. And um, almost always, uh, my answer to them is, uh, it's both. And um, you know, this is both an, uh, you know, uh, something where your heart is engaged and is infected affected by this issue and may even be contributing to this and it's also a place where uh, your body in a fallen world is is um, uh, modifying your experience of this and um, our task is not to say either or uh, but to say in wisdom how much is this worth paying attention to and is there anything that we should or shouldn't be doing about it mm-hmm. and I find that um, that it's a hard. It's very hard. It's surprisingly hard for people to um, uh, to embrace it at first. Uh, usually, if we have categories, spiritual, physical, uh, those feel more safe. It, it makes more sense of things for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while of trying to break down those categories, I think people do begin to feel um, uh, more whole, uh, and they have plenty of voices in their life that are telling them. This is all spiritual, or this is all physical. In a way, it helps them to lessen um, uh, that internal divide that they may have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, 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 almost all the time when they come to me, that's uh, I think part of my task. Mm-hmm. So, your experience is that Christians live in sort of a uh, a dualism that um, is problematic for us. Yeah, I think it's problematic because it's a, a platonic dualism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the kind that says there are these separate categories that don't interact with each other, um, a kind of ghost in the machine, There's, uh, or that your body doesn't, isn't really, doesn't matter as much as the spiritual, mm-hmm. but that is not my understanding of the biblical picture of personhood, and that it, mm-hmm. it, there is a dualism, mm-hmm. um, don't get me wrong, because in my field... Um, they they have eliminated that thought almost altogether, hmm. um, but I do believe that there is there is an inseparable unity of body and soul, and the ways that we talk about it oftentimes try to separate that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even in talking sometimes about the heart as the target, mm-hmm. um, in the language itself it can imply that um, that these things can be separated. I have a harder time separating them. And um, and so I'm I'm personally more comfortable working uh, in in the um, some of the mystery mm-hmm. of, of how these two are um, interacting 
um, and trying to help people talk about and see themselves in that way. Mm. Yeah. So um, you're also an elder uh, in a church, correct? That's right. So is there, does the influence go the other way as a, you know, as a psychiatrist that shapes the way you think about being an elder in your own church? Mm. Mm. Well, I can see the way that being an elder shapes my practice of psychiatry. Oftentimes I, uh, I see my role as psychiatrist as an extension of the shepherding arm of the church, especially if people are part of a community, uh, a biblical uh, community, that my role is to uh, you know, not work separate from the church, but to um, you know, help extend that care and support the local church. Uh, I think a lot of that comes as my role as an elder in that I've seen uh, many people who have to go outside the church for counseling and there becomes this wall of separation mm -hmm. that exists. And as an elder, it, it actually hurts to, to mm -hmm. feel on the other side of that wall, to not feel like I can walk with somebody in these, these areas of their life uh, because uh, as a counseling um, uh, kind of business, we've kept that separation, um, mm -hmm. and we've called it boundaries. We've called it, you know, preserving the the, the, the relationship between the therapist and the, and the and the person. Which, to some extent, I can understand, but to another extent, uh, I I see as an elder uh, a primary role of overseeing the mm -hmm. the shepherding and spiritual welfare of the, mm -hmm. the sheep that God's put under my care, mm -hmm. um, and so I. Um, I do, uh, you know, I, I do see that when I'm a psychiatrist, uh, that my role is not separate from that uh, uh, as well. I think as a psychiatrist elder, one of the downfalls is that um, maybe people won't come to me as quickly thinking that um, I know all their dirty secrets already, mm -hmm. uh, which is not true. Um, you know, I have no magic powers, but uh, they'll especially the church that I am, the, the culture is to go to the head pastor uh, mm -hmm. first, um, because by the time they come to me, they think they must be really bad, um, which, which is an unfortunate, uh, I think, uh, occupational hazard. <laughs> if you get sent to John, I mean, that's just, you're really in trouble at that point. <laughs> well, listen, John, we're, we're uh, really about out of time today. Um, I was wondering if uh, maybe we can talk again and uh, talk a little more specifically about what biblical counselors or pastors maybe need to know about psychiatry. Sounds good. Let's do that soon. Okay. Thanks, John.